Stephen Drobgal, our relationship expert, is here with us. Stephen, kia ora, good morning. Good morning, Jack. And hang on a second, I'll just make sure your fader is up. Um, this morning we're focusing on apologies, and this is a massive subject, mm-hmm. a subject that probably doesn't get nearly enough um, attention. I'm forever bemused by the fact that human beings still seem adverse to apologising. Yeah. I don't know why why it is, but is that something you notice? Like, it, for whatever reason, we perceive it as a sign of weakness or something when we apologise. When actually, in a sense, it's the opposite. Well, yeah, and I think there's there's a young part of our brain that that struggles with holding two opposing points of view. So mm. the idea is is if something goes wrong. Either you need to be all right and I need to be all wrong or the other way around. And, right. so, and people can get really stuck there really quickly. Yeah. Okay. Well, this morning you're going to help us with some advice on how to make a good apology. And there are all sorts of different um, uh, scenarios in which people might need to make apologies, especially to those closest to them and the people with whom they're in a relationship. But you do a lot of work with affairs, yeah. right? And and with couples who are recovering after one party has been uh, involved in an affair. And I suppose, in a sense, trying to recover from an affair is one big apology. Absolutely. Well, a series of apologies. Really, in most cases, that repair process is taking place over a year. So you're going to get to learn to apologize and repair in you know in hundreds of different ways right okay so so talk us through some of the core principles then yeah so um yeah when we start came up with this idea and i started jotting down some notes and then it got bigger and bigger yeah, and bigger yeah. and it was like so so yeah coming back to the principle is just a way to try and make this useful um in any situation so there's three core principles that i think are useful and the the primary one is about sincerity so if if you don't feel like someone means the apology, yeah. It like it's not going to work, which yeah. is pretty obvious. Um, and this is where we get caught because, as you were saying before, w- there's a part of us that thinks like, if I apologize, then I'm a terrible person, yeah. And so, or I'm weak, yeah, or yeah, yeah, lots of kind of bad things, you know, yeah. there. And so, the key thing with sincerity is start where you sincerely feel so- sorry. So if your partner is in tears about something that you think is completely ridiculous. There's mm. no good reason. They've misunderstood whatever. If you are sorry that they are in pain, you can start there. You can say, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm really sorry that you're hurting because of my behavior. Yeah. Or I'm really sorry you're hurting because you think daddy, daddy, da. Yeah. And what that does is that, uh, that by strengthening the relationship, that gives you a place to start. Yeah. See, the sincerity thing's funny, eh? Because um, you know what I think of immediately? I think of kids. And I think of when mum and dad go, go on, go and apologise to them. And they go, sorry. And you go, give them a real apology. And they go, sorry. And you go, no, give them a real apology. And it's so frustrating if someone can't, I mean, obviously, (laughs) that's a more extreme version of what I imagine, you know, adults should be doing. But it's... um, Amazing the difference in meaning that something that is genuinely sincere mm. has versus something that, that isn't. Yeah, and on that note, since you raised it, um, if that's happening, that's actually not a good habit for the kids to do. Um, you'd be better to say, you know, are you noticing that they hurt mm. and allow them to come from that space so their brain can work through that thing about I care about them. That's actually the basis ah, for the apology. Right, okay, as opposed to, yeah, right. Yeah, do it okay. because you're complying. Because, yeah, yeah, right, that makes sense. Yeah. The second principle, and this is really uh, important, is to stay focused on the hurt person. 
Okay. Now, this is challenging often, um, and you know, when you're dealing with affairs, is that you uh, you may have someone who's who's obviously hurt, but often the person who may have acted acted out is is also hurt as mm. well. But w- you can really only do a, an apolo- a one way apology at a time. So if you say, "Look, I'm really sorry about blah 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 blah," but you need to understand, no, everything before the butt is yeah. The word that we're not saying on the radio, right? So, yeah. So, so basically, any time you include the word "but" in yep. an apology, you, just, you just completely, yeah, you yep. nix everything else. Yeah. And so, if you catch yourself doing it, because you're going to do it pretty yep. much, um, just oh my god, I am so sorry, I completely screwed up. You're like fall on your sword. Just, yeah. Just take it on the nose and just own that one really quickly. Yeah. Can I have a do over? Yeah. And then you know, one person at a time. And what you really and so what the the cool thing to take away is if you do an apology, do it one way. And if there is another side, there needs to be enough of a break, and your partner needs to be regulated before you do the other side. Right. Hang on. What do you, what do you mean by that? So if you're making an apology, and let's say your partner's completely misunderstood a mm. situation, but they're super upset about them, do the apology for their distress. And wow. Okay. So you thought that I was I don't know doing blah blah blah. And, you know, and they've completely misunderstood it. Um, but you're apologizing for that until they are calm, that their breathing's you're basically looking for the outside. Yeah, right. That's generally the universal sign that someone's starting to calm down. Right. Okay. And then you can check with them, hey, there is another bit of information that might be useful. Can I tell you now or do we need to just wait a little bit because I can, you know, I know that this was really Yeah, upsetting. Yeah, maybe in the heat of the moment it's best not to litigate. So much, eh? Absolutely. (laughs) Litigation pretty much is never going to get you because it'll be heard as defensiveness. And then once people hear defensiveness, what the message that they tend to go to is you don't care about me, so then we've got a sincerity problem. Yeah, right. Okay, it goes back to that first principle. So what's the third principle? So the third principle is staying in the now. Now, this is a really, if you really get this, this will change your life on a whole bunch of different different areas, which is the emotional brain operates in the continuous present. Mm. So if your partner is upset about something that happened last year last month five years ago 20 years ago you know there's a tendency to be like oh my god why are you bringing that up how's that even relevant to what's happening now but the point is if it's in the now if it's coming up now deal with it now because it actually is in the present even though historically it may have actually happened in the past and so the really cool thing about that, and that's actually how we do emotional healing and stuff, is when something comes up, it's accessible, that memory is accessible, so you can target the brain. So it's like you get to do a repair now for for a wound that, you know, that may have happened. It was inflicted years ago. Yeah. And ah. so that's an amazing thing. And so any... So uh, if you've stuffed up more than once, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, then you actually have an opportunity to uh, to to repair some of the damage from the past. Exactly, and so this is ah. where you know kids will often you know talk to their parents like, "Hey, you did this." I had a conversation with my mum about something that that was really painful for me with a kid. It was totally unintentional, right, from their point of view, and I actually hadn't told them. Yeah, but I mentioned it, and I saw my mother's face kind of go just like drop. You know, yeah, um, because she could see the miss, and like the young part of me was kind of like, oh, mm-hmm. yeah, like she really didn't didn't know, yeah, you know, what what a big deal that was. So, and the people we're going to hurt are the people we're closest to each other, sure. So, uh, closer to, so that opportunity is a really amazing, amazing thing to have. Yeah, right. Okay, that's great advice. Thank you so much. Yeah, ninety percent of parenting is just thinking about when you can have a break. 
And when you do take a break, enjoy the Parenting Hangover podcast. They go together like a tutu and jandals. We've said from the get-go, we ain't parenting experts. No. But it's cool to hear, what is your neighbour doing? What do they say? A problem shared is a problem halved. Oh, that's good. Not that my children are problems, but I feel better talking about it. The Parenting Hangover with Clinton Jordan. New episodes every Thursday on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts.